0: Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional and the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, Protecting Yourself with a Personal Privacy Audit, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. Maris testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. She served as a privacy expert for numerous court cases nationwide and at a White House press conference featured on C-SPAN. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning?
1: Well, Lloyd, today our show is about really the intersection of privacy and security, and we happen to have a security expert on the line with us, and he's coming to us all the way from Mexico City. His name is Juan Carlos Carrillo. And he is senior security sales executive for Oracle of Mexico. And he speaks beautiful Spanish and beautiful English as well. He specializes in selling security solutions in Oracle of Mexico with particular um, regard to large corporations in Mexico. He's also co-chair of the International Association of Privacy Professionals KnowledgeNet chapter in Mexico. And I'm so thrilled to say that I am a member of IAPP and looking forward to meeting him in April. And um, he he has uh, a, a big background with... Uh, IAPP. Um, He also, prior to joining Oracle, he served as deputy director of infrastructure at the Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, which happens to be my bank. But he did that one in uh, Mexico City. And before this, Juan Carlos was director of business development at Smart Security Services, which is a leader of uh, security solutions for the financial sector at IBM and infrastructure manager in Grupo Bursatil Mexicano, and Merrill Lynch, and he was responsible for technology strategy of both brokerage houses. So he has a wonderful background in that, and he's a graduate of the Universidad del Valle de Mexico in computer science, and he has an MBA in finance from EGADE. He also is not only a CIPPIT uh, for the International Association of Uh privacy professionals, but he's a CIRM by M I M I Juan Carlos has been giving talks and lectures and writing courses and articles for about the past 20 years, and so we're so glad that he is joining us all the way from beautiful Ciudad de Mexico. Thank you so much, Juan Carlos, for joining us.
2: That was a really lovely presentation. Thank you very much. Mm.
1: <laughs> well, so Juan Carlos, tell me, um, what exactly do you do, and how did you get to be so techy?
2: <laughs> That's a good one. Um, <laughs> I study, as, as you mentioned, uh, uh, computer science, uh, but I was always uh, a track in some way. For, uh, when I was uh, in high school, I was between studying computer science and, and legal uh, you know, law, 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 uh, was always something that I really liked. Um but then, um we didn't gain the opportunity to do something on law until, um five years ago, six years ago when the privacy law was, uh, developed in Mexico. And when, when that law was, was being developed, um uh, the DPA, the Data Protection Agent, uh, was looking for, uh, companies that could ease them uh, some uh, knowledge of uh, the what you how, how you introduced today the program that is the intersection between privacy and security so we, we became uh, the consultant for the DPA on that matter. and to be honest it was it was a great a great pleasure because we understand a lot about uh, a new world for us that was uh, privacy and they understood a lot about what um, the world on, on, on security uh, was was uh, moving. So um, that was in 2010. and then for uh, at least two years I worked uh, with uh, uh, smart security services and I was helping in particular the DPA here in Mexico uh, 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 for for giving them this kind of uh, uh, knowledge and support. And at the end, uh I moved to, to um Banks of America and then back to Oracle. Uh and what I do in Oracle is, is do a lot of that, uh, like mixing what the technology, the security, the privacy world involve on the day to day work of uh our our clients. And to be honest that makes it really, really interesting. It's really um I'm passionate about it because normally people know their matter but it's really hard for them to uh explain in the language of uh the other person that is on the other side of the bench Uh,
1: so so you so 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 not only are uh, you bilingual in spanish and english but you're bilingual in (laughs) privacy and security right
2: uh, there we go. There we go. That's a perfect, that's a perfect way to do it. And I think that that's one of the major, uh, when we go um, to this type of event, normally you will expect that most of the people are lawyers. And something that is amazing in the recent years, I have been going to the ATP events for the last uh, four or five years, is that still um, most of the people are from the from the law side there are a lot of people coming from the, the marketing side, and there are a lot of people coming from the technology side. So you now have to speak like a completely new new language, and you have to use uh, the terminology of each one of those uh, matters. So it's a different. You have to speak a little bit of law, operations. Uh, so privacy, so in a nutshell, uh, is really interesting because you have to get involved on most of the things that a company does to uh, operate with the, the, the personal data. So I normally really, really it.
1: Yes, yeah. No, I think it's fascinating that, uh, that's why I love to go to the conferences as well, because I come from the law being an attorney, and so it mm-hmm. helps, you know, I, I know the compliance issues, and I know the privacy laws, but when it comes to understanding the background and the technology, and, and you know, what marketing really wants to do, we all pretty much have to make it understandable to each other, so that we can work together, so I think it's, it's great that you can, you know, speak all those, <laughs> all those different languages.
2: <laughs> right, 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 right. And, and that's, that's, to be honest, that's one of the major uh, stoppers when you go to clients. Most of them, um, they do understand the risk, but uh, in most of the cases, they don't know how to react to them. So, mm-hmm. um, so, to be honest, that's one of the major things that we have to develop in the next following years. How how can we uh, um, talk the same language these bilingual uh, uh, um, messages you were mentioning before? How can we mix them up? Because one of the major problems uh, that we are having is exactly that one: that we are not uh, um, talking the same language on the business side, as on the uh, on on the provider side, on the marketing side, on the law side. So, so legal, legal can understand something from, from the private law, but then on the day-to-day marketing can understand it differently or sales or operations. So, uh, so uh, one of the biggest challenges in the, in the last couple of years, and I think it's going to happen in the next couple of years too, is to have this uh, new language where we all can understand what the privacy, security operations and all the personal data uh, uh, involves and moves Within
1: the company, right? And when we're talking about big corporations that have boards, and you want to get money for IT, or you want to get money for privacy, I think um, it's hard because it's not a money maker like marketing is. Marketing brings in the profit, and so when you when you talk to boards and you have to tell them, look, we need to do these things. You know, uh, we need to do these privacy things and these security things. You know, they're they're not. They haven't been that receptive in the past until we get all these security breaches, <laughs> and then um, it's
2: really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's sad because normally uh, I normally talk um, about uh, um, the the Cassandra issue. Uh, the Cassandra issue, I love to explain it because Cassandra was this beautiful Greek woman, you know, from a, a, a the mythological from the Greeks, and she's really mm-hmm. beautiful. And then Apollo comes one day and offers her uh, everything she, she wants in exchange to uh, have some uh, relationship with him. And um, she actually accepts, and she asks for the, the power to see what is going to happen in the next, few, next uh, hours or in the future. Right. And she gets, she gets that power, but then she, she said to Apollo, well, I, I think it twice, and I don't want to have a relationship with you. So now Apollo puts uh, a curse on her so nobody believes her. So Cassandra goes all around uh, 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 Greece saying what is going to happen, but nobody, nobody believes her. So my job in, uh, in a nutshell sometimes is the Cassandra uh, uh, problem. You normally know that these guys are going to suffer some uh, uh, data breach or they're going to have some compliance problem. But uh, it's really hard to convince people as, because, as you mentioned, people haven't seen what is the return on the investment that they're doing. Right. And on the other hand, uh, they, yeah. they they know that this could happen to them, but in most of the cases, clients say, well, that happened once to us, but that is not going to happen twice. Right? Uh, be honest, that is that is the worst problem for, for our market right now. To explain to them that this is not going to go away, this is going to actually go Bigger and and deeper.
1: Right. Right. And, you know, everybody thinks it'll never happen to us. But then when it does, and I think I think some of these big breaches like with, you know, Target that is all over even in Mm -hmm. Mexico. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. that that's Mm -hmm. something that everybody kind of related to, like, uh oh, you know, now we better, you know, we better spend that kind of money. So do you believe that that security is going to improve privacy or what do you think is going to happen with that?
2: Uh, the, 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 the real story there is, uh, and I think that that is going to be something really important in the next couple of years, is how well can we um, improve, uh, um, because normally the way we see privacy is as a compliance matter. I mean, and I'm talking right. from the technology side or the, the legal side On the company, they see it as compliance. And, and we have to understand that nobody for compliance spends more than what is needed. Uh, let me put it this way, if they put you a fine for parking your car in a, in, in, in a place that you haven't, uh, you shouldn't have parked your car, you're not going to go and, and pay for that fine more than what they put on the ticket.
0: Right. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it, it,
2: nobody, does, nobody does that. Right. So if we keep seeing privacy just as a compliance matter, we're just going to invest the minimum. The minimum and normally minimum means uh, uh, in some cases nothing or in some cases uh, not enough Uh, we have to change from a compliance perspective to a risk perspective to uh, i don't know if i'm going to say it correctly but to make the if i if i as a company invest in privacy that is going to mean that my clients are going to see a difference from my company from the other company from my competitors Right. So I think if we, don't, if we don't switch from only compliance and fines and data breaches and we don't move this to another level, uh, it's going to be just just like a, a, a reactive. We have a hack or we have a data breach, and then we have to apply something to remediate it. But it's going to be, you know, this, just, this, this is an, 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 a no-ending story because it's always uh, catch whoever is trying to attack you. Right. And, the, and the thing on security side, and this is something really important, is normally the attackers are much more patient. They have much more time, and they don't have less to risk. So, to be honest, it's really hard to say it on, uh, and to 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 admit it. But they have they have the advantage. And let me put it let me put this. And and
1: they have the motivation them. because for them they it's money, right? Huge. It's a profit for them. And it's huge. not it's not a profit mm-hmm. for the corporation right?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a huge profit. It's just, just, just put your number. And this is a huge number. Uh, uh, the, the, the 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 data breaches are uh, they mean more money to these attackers to the hackers right. than uh, the big the big cartels on, on the drugs. So it, it does make more money. That all the data security market is bigger than the drug market. So, uh, but but it's normally less that's aggressive, to put it this way, because it does. does normally, we don't see it on, on the street, uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a huge mark, and right. the motivation is, is is so direct. And the problem, uh, as, as I was mentioning, mm-hmm. is most of the people think is they are seeing it as something uh, it's not going to happen to us. And let me put it on a medical perspective: it's like trying to say I'm not going to have the flu in the next six weeks. Right. Uh, it's, almost, it's, it's almost impossible to say that. But what you actually have to have is a plan to remediate that loop. You know, so you, you normally have on your phone the, the telephone of the doctor, or you already know that if you purchase some medicine in particular and spend a couple of days in bed, you're going to be fine, you know? But yeah. you already have a plan to react. Uh, most of the companies that I have uh, talked with do, do not have a plan to remediate a data breach or a privacy uh, a fine or, uh, you know, they don't have the processes to, to actually react to them. Right.
0: So that,
2: is, that is the biggest problem. It's not, I mean, right now saying it's going to happen or not going to happen, I, I can assure you it is going to happen. Uh, the only problem is that we are not, uh, if you are ready to react or not. And it's really sad to say it. Most of the people that are companies that I have met with do not have a plan to respond to this kind of problem.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the bigger companies are going to have their IT department, and they're going to be a little bit more aware. It's the smaller companies that mm-hmm. are uh, that are targets as well, right? I mean... Right, right. And, and so they're mm-hmm. the ones that don't have the IT people in. They don't have the resources to buy some of the products. I think it's, it's kind of rough for them... Um, because mm-hmm. even a mom mm-hmm. and pop, uh, you know, internet company that just has a few people working for them, they could easily mm-hmm. become uh, the victim of a security breach, and then of course their their customers are not going to be happy, and there is going to be victims, and um, and then they're going to that that's the end of their business.
2: One of one of the biggest things, and this is a great example, the one that you're putting, is the case of uh Target. Target didn't have the data breach with, right. uh, within their system. The problem was actually the company that was providing them uh, the air condition uh, system. Uh, they, they actually stole the credentials of this guy, and that was the way the hackers were able to log in the Target computers. Right. So we're going to see, uh, because uh, that is one of the problems, either in privacy or either in security, is to just see uh The the view in front of you, and and this is a much bigger view, right? Uh, yes. Let me put an example on on home. Maybe I do take care of my passwords and my accounts on my computer, but maybe I'm sharing my computer with a a, a, a boy or a girl at home that are they like to get into websites that are not really secure right. and all. all I mean, we have to see all the all all the um, environment, and I think that most of the companies are not seeing the whole environment. Uh, they they may may be thinking. Let me put an example that is really common. Most of the people are thinking, I have my perimeter uh, uh, covered. Yeah, but nowadays that you have you know all the mobiles, all the tablets. Uh, where is their your perimeter? Or when you're talking about cloud security and, and things on the cloud, where is the perimeter on the cloud? There is no perimeter.
1: Right so all right. the
2: ideas that we had about security in the last uh, thirty years in the last two or three years they they, they didn't off because most of the people will bring their own phone or they will bring their own tablet they will have some uh uh, uh website like Dropbox or uh, you know places where they can put data uh within the internet and they they could be floating information from companies or private information from people uh, outside the their, their real environment they want to protect and that actually they have protection with. So, so, it's not a, so answering the question that you asked uh, before, I think that if we don't take a holistic view on, on privacy, we are not going to be able to use all the security tools and all the security improvements that we can apply to privacy.
1: Yeah, it's funny that you say that because when I, when I think about, um, oh, the program that I'm going to be doing at that IAPP conference in April is um, the mm-hmm. insider threat. <laughs> and, and the insider yep. threat could be someone who's got a malicious intent or just somebody who's mm-hmm. just like your kid, you know, who shares things yep. and doesn't think about it. And then you've got the, mm-hmm. the malicious um, insider who is going to get money from China and they're going to give all huh? of the, the information away. Right.
2: Right. Right, right. There, yeah. was, there, was a, there was a big case, uh, maybe 10 years ago here in Mexico, uh, where, um, in Mexico, in order for you to, I mean, the, the, the best identification in Mexico that you have is your, um, uh, your credentials, uh, for voting. So that, that's normally the ID that you take and you, you take everywhere and that's the ID that you use. And, uh, it's a huge database. It's around, uh, maybe, uh, 40 million people, 40 million Mexicans have an ID itself. And that was found, uh, maybe as I was mentioned, 10, 15 years ago, uh, actually in the U.S. In I, I think it was in Salt Lake in Utah. And um, when I had some friends doing forensic on that case, and uh, what they found is that there was a DBA, a database administrator, within inside this uh, a government entity, who earned well not enough money. Then somebody came uh, and offered him three or or four times more uh, the money he could see in a year He of course just just made a copy of the database with all the data from uh, uh, all the voters in Mexico and actually made a copy of it and you actually go in some markets here in Mexico and you can purchase that for uh, less than $10,000
1: oh my goodness Huh.
2: Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, and and that is that's a big
1: challenge. Yeah, if they're making no money, or they're resentful, or they got a bad evaluation, or whatever. I mean, this is the human factor, and it doesn't matter how many products you have if if the company is not really paying attention to the human factor and and dealing with you know the humans involved, then you've got a problem. Yeah.
2: There is, there, is, there is a phrase in security that I love. It's, it's not very nice, but it's a, it's a real phrase. Uh, they said that there is no patch for human stupidity. So, uh, yeah. so there, is, there is no antivirus. There is nothing to do in order to protect what you have in the human factory.
1: There's right.
2: nothing to do about it.
1: Right, right. So,
2: um, and that is, that is something that is growing a lot and that I'm seeing in some privacy programs uh, on my clients and on uh, some companies of friends is that they are investing sometimes a little bit more on their training programs than yes. even on the technology. Yes. And I don't see that as a bad thing. And actually, uh, it goes against me selling products. But, but I, I like it because I think it's a more holistic point of view. If you train the people the, the correct way, uh, that will save you a lot of money on, on all the technology that you need to invest and all the process and all the data research and all the stuff. Yes. To be honest, if you go to the companies with the biggest breaches, uh, uh, either on security or privacy, uh, you will see that their training programs were not as good as uh, some others. Right. So um, again, again, as I was mentioned, you are gonna be at some point you're gonna have a data breach. But do you have the measures and the country measures already in place to protect yourself?
1: Yes, yes. No, and I think you're right about the training. And also, like, you know, someone like you who is selling really good products, Oracle products or good mm-hmm. products, you know, to also tell them about a training that, that it has to be multifaceted, that that's the approach that they need. I mean, they'll appreciate that because you're trying to help them. We are speaking today with um, uh, all the way to Mexico City uh, with Juan Carlos Carrillo, who specializes okay. in selling security solutions for Oracle of Mexico. And so we are talking about Mexican uh, security, but also Americans. So tell me, um, what, what do you think is really the biggest difference that you see in privacy between the USA and Mexico?
2: that's a good one and um the mexico law i was uh, mentioned before uh is something new it's a, it's a federal law uh, so that involves all the states uh, uh now we have 32 states in mexico we used to have just 31 but now we have a new one uh and the our district uh, our dc like uh, washington dc now is a state and um uh, oh really mexico to, city uh, is a yeah. state Oh, okay. uh, now, now, now it's a state. Now it's a state. It, it used to be a district, uh, a yeah. District, and now it's, now it's, it's becoming actually a, a, a state. Interesting. So, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So huh. the, this law is a federal law, and it applies to all the thirty-two states. And and that is, I will mention this is the first difference. It is not a, 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 something uh, based on any particular market. So it applies to any company that manage personal data. So that is a big difference in the way privacy is seen because if you are a small company that just has two employees, privacy applies to you the same way that if you are a huge telecommunication company that has millions of clients. So so to be honest, um, the Mexican model is much more related to the European model uh, uh, in particular, the big difference on the American and the U.S. Uh, uh, way of privacy normally is more related to consumer. Here it's seen as a, as a human, uh, uh, right. So, so, um, I'm not going to go too much in this, but I will tell you those are big difference because that those are, uh, those are seen as a major difference in most of the talks that we have with, uh, international companies, mainly American companies that try to do some business in Mexico and they try to understand how privacy is managed in, in both parties.
1: Now, do you you have a privacy commissioner as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, we it have, is more like uh, the European Union and you have opt-in exactly. instead of opt-out. You have prior consent, so right. are you much more like the European Union?
2: Exactly. exactly. So it's much more closer to that. So uh, and this is something important. When I used to work for uh, Bank of America, that was a major problem because most of it, uh, here in, in the guys in the law department used to say, with the privacy notice that we have in the U.S., that's more than enough to cover uh, the Mexican law. And I would normally go back and say, oh, because the way we manage it is completely different than the way that it is done in the, in the U.S. So it is most, more, much more closer to the European. If we copy from the European uh, private notice, yeah, we can use those. So those will be much more closer to our revelation.
1: Right, right. Well, we are just about out of time. So, um, mm-hmm. is there anything that you wanted to leave us with in terms of what um, what you think is really coming up for you know what yeah. people should think about? Because we just have about two minutes.
2: Yeah, one of the one of the major uh, suggestions that I will do is. Um, don't think on security or privacy uh, from your uh, your point of view. Thinking from the outside, let me put an example. From the privacy way, think uh, uh, put yourself on your clients or on your uh, employees, saying what will happen if this data uh, uh, is stolen. Right. And on the security side, don't think as your as your own data security person. Think as a as a hacker, or think as a as a, uh, your competitors, or think as a Anyone that wants to steal, what is the value to them on your data? Uh, if we don't change the way we this, uh, uh, we manage data, we don't have to cover it for the value it has for us. We have to cover it for the value it has for others, for our employees, for our customers, for uh, the bad guys outside. When we start thinking uh, uh, in the other uh, way, we normally will found uh, a lot of uh, holes and a lot of uh, ways to improve and just think different than the way we're doing right now.
1: Perfect, perfect ending. Well, muchas gracias for joining us, and we will keep in touch (laughs) and hope to meet you in April. Thanks so much. You're uh, just doing a great job there, Juan Carrillo. Thank you. We will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. You. You've been listening bye to... Bye-bye. Adios. Adios. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org. On the net, I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning and visit our website at KUCI.org slash piracy.
2: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Hi, Board of Regents. Yeah, you
1: know what? I just, um, I'm, I'm gonna, I just was on the phone one <laughs>